0: I think that this practice, it not only is changing me, it's changing those who are around me, it's changing those who love me, and it's changing the person who I'm targeting.
1: It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you, because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode.
0: Men in the Arena Army, we, we salute, salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with our producer, Dale Culver. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Awesome. Hey, man, we need to uh, get these guys over to the website. Yeah, yeah. And uh, have them sign up for our weekly equipping blast. We haven't told them to do that in a long time. If you head over to menintharena.org, sign up for that equipping blast. Every Friday, uh, Dale puts together a real cool uh, equipping blast. It includes our newest uh, upload of our podcast for the week. It includes a, a blog that I write just for you guys. And it includes a video that's speaking of something uh, really applicable for you as a man and for you. Uh, as you move into your best version and just different things going on with our men in the arena and different things like that. And so wanted to inc- invite you guys into that space. I think it's a really a great resource. It's free. We don't hammer you guys with emails. We just send this out once a week and we think it's a really great resource. So man, head on over to the website. Also, when you head over to the website, we've got a, on the homepage, you can sign up for our program. We've got a new program coming out, coming out in the fall. Really, really excited about this program. It involves our national team captains and being involved in a a virtual community of 20 dudes from all over the world. And uh, we're really limited on spots. We only can take 100 guys uh, in the fall and 100 guys in winter and 100 guys in the spring the cost of this is you buy the the our resource uh, that you're going to use there's no we aren't paying rent like you're not paying 100 bucks a week or 100 bucks a month to be part of this we're just saying hey man get the book come alongside uh with a group of dudes and let us come alongside you help you to become a full capacity man help you become your f- best version so hey do you have a man law for me today dale
2: i do jim this is a threefold rule the rule threefold of... yeah it's uh, the rule of 3 so oh. i want to challenge you guys in this. Be the one to lead your family in prayer, reading your bible and going to church. And if you get up and your wife is like, I'm not feeling it today, you grab the kids, you go to church.
0: So so how would you Okay, so I agree with you 100%. But I am going to push a little bit. Push. Even though I agree with you 100%. Push. I mean, I go to a local church, my kids are not in the home anymore. I just this morning I read the bible to my wife and I prayed for my wife. So, and I read the bible virtually every day of my life. So I agree with you. My question, my pushback is, say, go to church, read the Bible, and pray with your kids. Is that what you said? Yeah. So my pushback, and again, agree with you 100%. My only pushback is, what do you say to the guy who right now is doing none of those? And you hammer him with this overwhelming thing. How... What would you oh, say to I that see. guy who's like, man, yeah, I don't you go to church. To... I don't read my Bible or pray. I, I love Jesus, I think. So, but I'm like, what would you tell that guy? Would let you me tell
2: you, you my journey. When, when this all started for me, I uh, had an awakening, and uh, I guess you could say. And so I just started going to church on Sunday. And so that was the first thing I started to do. My wife was going, what are you doing? This is our day off together. You can't go to church. And so I said, this is what I'm doing. And I went. And then one day she was like, I'm going to show you that you're wrong. And so she came to church. She was like, I'm going to show him this is stupid. Well, she came, and she ended up falling in love with Jesus, gave her life to him. Then after that, we started implementing prayer in the home, and we started doing those things because she saw that over time it was changing me. And so I was praying, but not over her or anything. And then it became something we did together. And then... It over time it became where we were doing Bible studies in our home and reading the Bible. So it wasn't like an all of a sudden, bam, it's happening. But it was over a period of time. Well, but so you got to start somewhere.
0: What's cool about that story is you embody everything that we've been saying for years, which is when a man gets it,
2: everyone wins.
0: And so, okay, so what I hear you saying to the guy who's doing none of those is start somewhere. Yeah, and I agree with you, man. I mean, I think the first place to start. If you've given your life to Christ, I think the first place to start is a local church. Find a local community that you can pour your life into. We've got a we've got actually got a cool community in Las Vegas. They're a home church. They're started up, so it's a you know a couple you know couple couples like a dozen couples. They're meeting at home. They are financially supporting men in the arena. So, they don't have a 501c3. They don't have a senior pastor. They're just some people who love the Lord who are building their own community, and that's their church. So, I'm not defining church as like this thing that you have to go to with a pastor and a board of directors and a denominational name in a building. I'm saying find a community where you can call your church family and you grow in that community. We have guys that their community is actually our Men in the Arena Forum. We have guys. That their community in the fall will be the virtual teams that they're on. Now those virtual teams are all led by guys who are involved in a local church, and they do this as well as a, as another community. But but I think start somewhere, right? I right. mean that's important. Don't don't we're not going to trying to throw a bunch of things at you guys, but you need to start somewhere. You need to get your boots on the ground. You need to get your boots on the ground and start somewhere. So that's what Dale's saying. So that's excellent, Dale. I just want to bring clarification because I know some guys are overwhelmed when they – when you say pray every day for your wife, there are guys out there, man, that they don't even pray for a meal. Like they don't pray at meals with their family. So for that guy, I would say, man, just pray for one meal a day. You know what I mean? So we're actually going to talk about praying at meals because I want to share with you one thing I do – that I think is a life will be life-changing for you and your family and those around you. One thing. But before I do that, I want to get into the meat of this podcast, and I want to ask you a couple questions. And they're based out of actually a Bible reading I had this morning. Oh. So for those of you guys who are working with me through the one-year Bible, and you're up to date, uh, today is July 28th. Is it 28th, Dale?
2: It is, yes. The
0: 28th, and this morning I read this. Okay, so Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2 in the one-year Bible. So that translation is the New Living Translation. So I like that translation for the one-year Bible because it's easy to read, but they don't water down the message. Like a lot of Bibles out there, they they take specific words that are addressing specifically men and they neuter them. Listen, if it's a neutered thing, neuter it. I mean, if it's a generic thing like people, say people. But if it's man or woman, say man or woman. Don't neuter it. Some mm-hmm. of these Bible translations, I like the, the modern NIV. They've neutered some words that they shouldn't have, and I think it's strategic. And so anyway, I'm not going to go there, but I'm just <laughs> saying, listen, this morning in the NLT, I read this. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. And so that impacted me today because we live in a day and age where everybody's got their opinion, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, but the, the opinions that we carry should be based off of truth. Like, I have an opinion that two plus two is four. I have an opinion that the, the day will end with the sun going down and the moon will come up, and the next day the sun will come up again. I have an opinion that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? So I have opinions based off of truth. Based off of truth. Now, for me to say that the pandemic is actually a pandemic. Now, that's my opinion, but they may that may not be based off of truth at all. That could be based off of social media and Fox News or CNN or something like this. All I'm saying is I want to be careful to base my opinions on truth. Otherwise, I look like an idiot. And I want to throw my pearls in front of people that pursue truth. I don't want to throw my pearls before swine. Mm -hmm. So when somebody's really pursuing truth, I want to offer that to them. So the problem that I've seen with a lot of men today, especially younger men, right, and older men actually too, I should say this, but, but the older men fade to this place. I see a lot of younger men entering this place. So a lot of guys, when they come to Christ, they come to Christ... In an episode of passion they're in a crisis there's a passion a passion develops for jesus they become radical passionate followers of jesus and as they grow older get married have kids make money buy a house and all these things crowd them out they tend to fade to lukewarm Mm -hmm. but what i'm seeing today is i'm seeing a lot of younger guys entering the world they're lukewarm Mm -hmm. and they're they're and they're weak and they're soft and, I, and I've got a problem with that because we need to have passion. And so and we, and we God has called us to be salt and light to the world. And and the Bible tells us to, in 1 Peter 3, 15, I think it is, or 16, be prepared in season and out of season to give a defense for the hope that lies within you. So I've been wrestling with some things personally. And I've been wrestling with them in the Word. I've been wrestling them in the Spirit. I've been wrestling them in prayer. And it's really interesting. As I interview guests on the podcast, they're— Interviews impact me. We have five episodes starting next week. We're gonna unlock my top 10 podcasts in each of the five categories that are essential to manhood: protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. And so right now we're as I record this, it's June 28th. I've read 31 books this year so far. So far this year. Over half of them are for the podcast. So as I'm reading these books, I'm I'm reading with like what am I what's my takeaway, right? So on August 15th, we're interviewing a guy named Doug Pollock. Doug wrote a book called God's Space. So you'll hear about this book in two months. This book impacted me in one area that is so deep I've been implementing it already in my life with tremendous results and I think if a guy can do this it's life changing and it's going to change his life it's going to change this other person's life and it's going to change the life of his family as they watch dad in action mm-hmm. okay so here before I tell what it is I'm going to ask you guys some questions and this is this this question my wife brought to me when before we were even dating and when she said this to me, I was like, this is a woman that somebody's going to marry someday and is going to be stoked because she's beautiful and she's fierce. And I actually got to be the one to marry her. <laughs> and she said, I just been, I've i been thinking about this. And she said "This. she's only a 21-year-old la- lady at the time. You're either a missionary or you're a mission field. My wife said that. Mm. And she still lives by that. She's a warrior. And I, and I thought to myself, you know what? She's right. You're either a missionary or a mission field. So I would ask guys, Guy. When you walk into a restaurant, when you walk into work, are you a missionary or a mission field? In other words, are you on the offensive or defensive? Are you playing prevent defense, or are you pushing the ball down the field trying to score? That's really important. Mm. When I'm going to tell you what, Dale, and I, 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 I believe you're the same way. When I walk in a room, I'm going to win. Right. I am going to strategically—my goal is to win. I'm going to win somebody to Christ. I'm going to win over. I'm going to try to—I'm going to find a way— throw lures, as many lures as I can to have somebody hook, bite the gospel, and I can reel them in. I mean, that's my goal. My goal is to win you over, to never be won over. I don't play that, oh, I hope they can't out-talk me or out-think me. I walk in a room saying there's nobody who can out-truth me when it comes to Jesus, because remember, I'm about truth. Proverbs 18 says, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. I don't have to worry about that, Mm -hmm. because I believe in biblical truth. So are you a missionary or are you in the mission field? Are you on the offense or do you live on the defense? Are you a sheep? Meh. <laughs> are you a sheepdog? And I have found most people are sheeple, and I have found that sadly many of the Christians out there live like sheep and not sheepdogs. They, they don't leave to, to, to make an impact and create a, a cultural shift. They just kind of go with the flow. So the other thing is this. Are you relational or are you strategic? Now, think about that for a second. When I walk into a grocery store, am I being relational? Do I want everybody to be my buddy? Or am I being strategic in trying to win these guys? So, you've got to ask yourself that. Do relationships with strangers stand alone or is there a strategic method behind it? The next question is this Am I good or am I nice? So, and this is what really bothered me, because I, I realized, man, I go into these coffee shops, I go into these restaurants, I, 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 pray. they see me praying before the meal, I leave a nice tip, and they go, oh, that Christian guy was nice. Or maybe they don't even notice the prayer. I don't know. I don't pray for other people. I'm praying because I want to thank God. But I realize that in a lot of circles, I'm a nice guy. My Christianity has produced a niceness in me. But then I realize in the Bible, Jesus was not a nice guy. He was good. And a good guy is different than a nice guy. It's the difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Jesus was a peacemaker. And sometimes, in order to make peace, you have to disrupt the peace because people are wanting to be, a lot of people are peacekeepers. They want to keep the peace. It reminds me of this story. Here's an illustration. My wife and I were in San Pedro, Belize several years ago. It's one of our favorite places in the world. And at night, I like to get in a golf cart and drive around town. There's only three streets: Front Street, Middle Street, and Back Street. So we're driving around town. That you know, it's dark. There's golf carts all over the place, and we, and in, in in Belize, they don't have peacemakers. They have these guys that are their policemen are peacekeepers. In fact, it's funny. I was we were at the beach down there one time at this place called Secret Beach that we love, and, and there were two cops there dressed in their full uniforms, masks, guns, everything. And one guy, one of the guys, was like, "Hey man, buy me a shot, buy me a shot." I'm like, "What well, you want me to buy you? A, you're a cop." But see, in Belize, they're peacekeepers, not peacemakers. So my wife and I are driving in this golf cart. I went down a wrong way street. And I ran right into right in front of me is this guy waved me down in a police uniform saying, turn out of here. You got to get out of here. If you don't get out of here, somebody's going to give you a ticket. And I go, you're the policeman. (laughs) In his mind, oh no, I'm just here to keep the peace, man. And so a lot of people are like that. I'm just here to keep the peace, not make the peace. And this is a problem with many believers. They're They're not missionaries, they're not on the offense, they're not a sheepdog, they're not strategic, they're not good, and they're not a peacemaker. They are peacekeepers, they are nice, they are relational, they are sheep, they are defensive, and they are mission fields. And so here's the thing I'm doing. I was convicted by this book by Doug Pollock. And so I've implemented a habit into my life. Again, I'm just a man, right? I'm just a man trying to figure out life. 55 years old, still growing, still trying to be challenged, still trying to become my best version. I want to be a full capacity man. And so trying to do that. And so I started doing something and you saw me do this. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm doing. And I think that I think that this practice it not only is changing me, it's changing those who are around me, it's changing those who love me and it's changing the person who I'm targeting. So it's very simple. Whenever I go out to lunch, I know this is a pretty lame, it's only once or once a week maybe or something, but whenever I go out to lunch and I have a waiter or waitress, I probably will start implementing this in coffee shops too, because even though I'm not being waited on, I'm still ordering something. But what I'm doing, I talk to the waitress and I say, hey, listen, when she brings the food out or he brings the food out, this just happened in... I'll give you an illustration. It just happened two days ago. The waiter brings the food out, and I said, hey, what's your name? And he said, Nick. That's not his real name. But he said, my name is Nick. I said, Nick, we pray at meals. There was, there was my board of directors. There were six of us. We pray for meals, and we want to pray for you by name. So what can I pray for you for, man? And this guy was long hair, beard. He was a, kind of a rough-looking dude. He said, man, I've got post-traumatic stress disorder from the – from." being a soldier, and I just really would really appreciate your prayers. He got real serious. I mean, he was heartfelt, deeply moved that we want to pray for him. So we prayed for him, and then I told him, man, we prayed for you. And we prayed for him probably for about two or three days after that by name. And I realized that I didn't hammer him with a gospel. I didn't judge him. I didn't make him feel guilty. I just said this, I follow Jesus. I believe that God answers prayer. And you are a part of those prayers. And God loves you enough for me to pray for you. And every single person I've asked has told me and thanked me for the prayer. So it's a wonderful way, number one, to be on the offensive. It's a number one, it's a great way to be strategic in my relationships. It's a great way to minister to strangers. It's a great way for my family uh, and everybody around me to say, hey, this guy is serious about Jesus. And it's a great way to say, I'm to th- remind myself it's a mnemonic device that says, Ramos, you're a sheepdog. Ramos, you're on the offense. Ramos, you're a missionary, not a mission field. Ramos, you are salt and light, not some fading reflection of a battery that's going bad on your flashlight, you know or your iPhone. So this has been a very good thing for me. So my question to the men listening right now is, when I read that description, missionary or mission field, offense or defense, sheep or sheepdog, relational or strategic, good or nice, peacemaker or peacekeeper, my question is, who are you? Honestly. So then my second question is, who do you want to be? My response was, I want to be, in that list, I want to be the former rather than the latter things i want to be a missionary i want to be on the offense i want to be a sheep dog. i want to be strategic i want to be good i want to be a peacemaker and so guys if that's what you want to do i would encourage you implement this practice i've implemented it will change the world around you because we believe that when a man gets it everyone wins so hopefully you can make that adjustment guys and god bless you on your hunting dale what's up man send us home
2: yeah, guys, want you to you head on over to MenInTheArena.org and order your copy of Jim's newest book, the Amazon bestseller, Strong Men, Dangerous Times. And also, we'd love for you to leave us a review for this podcast or your hero stories, how God's changed your life due to the ministry of Men in the Arena. You can email us at info at Until next time, fell the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And
1: be a man. Everyone wins.